welcome to our podcast. This week we are still talking about Married at First Sight and we've had a pretty interesting week with a commitment ceremony, a wife swapping experiment and also another explosive dinner. So Andrew, do you want to start off by giving some thoughts about how um, this week has gone for new couple Ella and JJ, bearing in mind all of the different elements that have uh, been taking place this week. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it's been an explosive week, hasn't it, across the board this week. Um, must have been a full moon or something out there. I think with Ella and JJ, I think um, Ella still, for me, is pushing the physical side of a relationship hugely and I think she's forgetting it's almost like she's trying to play catch up with the other group but hers and JJ's relationship is so new I think JJ is to be fair giving her a lot more attention is telling her how attractive she is and they are having kisses and cuddles they just haven't gone to the the truly intimate side of things and I'm not sure if she keeps pushing if that will end up pushing JJ away a little bit um I guess we'll wait and see, but it's almost like they just need to settle into that early stage of relationship and just be comfortable with each other before trying to push to the next level. But, you know, I think that shows Ella's insecurities, um, but JJ's probably not responding as quickly as she'd like, but I think he's probably running at a natural course at the minute. What's your thoughts on that? I was quite surprised um, when she revealed that they hadn't been intimate yet because they seem to have so much chemistry pinging, um, pinging around. <laughs> I really thought that um, that was going to be a very passionate relationship from the off, especially because of the way they started. It was this kind of forbidden love. I thought that, you know, they're going to have this kind of moment where all of a sudden everything's allowed and they're on their own. But um, yeah, I, I respect that JJ wants to kind of build a, a more real relationship before rushing into that but you can already see that again that's playing into Ella's fears that other girls are more appealing or attractive and his head's going to be turned and why isn't he interested in her physically when obviously he is but he just is taking his time and I think that she obviously does that that validation is so important and I think it's so important on a lot of levels you know, to really feel like a, a woman and a, a really attractive, alluring woman is really important to Ella. And um, we're just going to have to see how that goes, because it would be a shame if it's the same kind of story plays out after having found each other now. Well, I think across across the whole, whole of the series, we've seen that that additional pressure regardless which relationship can actually make people step back that little bit quicker so yeah. I think just sort of focus on the the intimacy you've got and also that connection that they've got and be confident in it but it's it's Ella's insecurities and I think um over pushing the sexual side of the relationship is clearly with Nathaniel he didn't feel comfortable at that stage and again eventually it, it forced them apart and I would hate to see it happen again with JJ because I do think they've got a a solid foundation and the risks they've took to get to this position um I think they're just going to be comfortable in that because it, that, they wouldn't be together if, if JJ didn't didn't find her attractive and didn't feel the connection so but we'll see what the the following week brings for them both really yeah they seem very happy and relaxed together so fingers crossed for that one that that things go well over the next week 
Well, we've got to keep fingers crossed for a few of them because as we move through, I'm sure we'll see that there's a fair few that have uh, hit very rocky times, really. Yeah, so Tasha and Paul. Um, Tasha, when she receives any kind of criticism, the face, she's boiling over really quickly. She's really triggered by any kind of criticism. And you can see it's almost as though she's trying to contain this real anger. Um, And I think she stops listening really quickly. Or even if she is listening, she's thinking about what to come back with really quickly, hard and fast. So it seems Paul was pretty shocked by seeing that side of her implode upon him. Yeah, I agree. I think with... I think we mentioned it last week that actually this could become quite quickly a red flag to, to Paul because he seems very laid back. He likes to, he's got an opinion and he's strong in his opinions, but he's not overvoiced in them. And I think he's more for a settled, comfortable life as opposed to the aggravation and the aggro that's caused. And certainly their big bust up. I mean, obviously they didn't go into too much detail. One thing I did pick up is when he turned around and said, well, if I approached and 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 been that aggressive with you it would have been a completely different story so I'm not quite sure how far she went in that argument and how aggressive she was or whether it's a little bit too much from Tasha and Paul having never been in a relationship a lack of emotional understanding so arguments happen and a lot of the time arguments can be healthy providing you have the right resolution and you can sit down and talk to each other afterwards I think the problem was we went straight into the couple swap and he never really had time to to address it. And I think Tasha wasn't in the mood in in, a, in the right mind frame, sorry, to actually have that conversation. And she is incredibly reactive. Um, I know we'll talk about this in the party, but even at that, I think when they had the letters, everybody sort of took it on the chin. There was some there was some, some quite sharp letters that came out. But Tasha instantly wanted to know who it was and hold them accountable for what they said. And obviously on this occasion, it was George. And, you know, I think a lot of things that were said in there, there was truth to them. And it's a case sometimes of stepping back and you're right, not waiting to talk. Because in waiting to talk, you're not hearing what's being said in the first instant. Absorb it and then think, is there anything I can apply from that 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 makes sense? And there was, but her her. Her initial and always go-to is to be confrontational, which, you know, we've seen on certain occasions with Erica. Um, And I do think that will tire on their relationship because I don't think that's Paul's natural default. And as much as he'll support and defend, which we've seen, I think when that attack gets turned on him, then he he struggles to cope with it. So there's work to be done there because they have had a real wobble. Um, Obviously, they had makeup afterwards, uh together which is great but that what you don't want to do is that to mask the 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 questions and the issues they they need to actually have those deep conversations about about how they can change and work together and grow together um so we'll again we'll, we'll see what happens there but i was surprised to see them have such a massive wobble really yeah well he seemed genuinely in shock I mean, generally yeah. knocked back by what happens. So I like the he fact... He almost had a little bit of PTSD, didn't he? He, was, yeah. <laughs> he really did struggle with it. Yeah, and we do have to be fair and say, well, if we were watching a female in that scenario looking so shocked and so nervous, how would we respond to that? Are we responding in the same way for Paul or are we brushing it off a little bit because it's a, yeah. 
he's a male so yeah it's, it's going to be very interesting and also she was the only one to say who wrote this letter like you said yeah. so that the attention was turned on to the author of the letter rather than her actually thinking about the comments and whether there was any truth in there and anything that she could work on no one else did that everybody else took the the whole process in the spirit it was meant in you know although we have to say that Arthur was raging about his letter <laughs> I think he was more raging that other people didn't get quite a scathe than the one did yeah he didn't yeah. demand to know who wrote it but he was raging secretly as well yeah. So um, you mentioned Erica, Erica and Jordan, and um, we have to talk about the fact that obviously the pair of them were pretty traumatised by really aggressive behaviour from Luke. Yeah. Whichever way you look at it, whichever way you kind of try and, you know, rationalise, well, he was feeling upset because he wasn't at the dinner party and he felt his wife was a little bit um, turned upon, let's say, or influenced the way that he went down and hammered on that door, burst into someone else's home, um, really took both Jordan and Erica completely off guard. Yeah, it, and Jay, it, I think. Yeah, yes, yeah. Appeared to physically attack Jordan. I mean, at the end, he seemed to have red marks all around his neck when he was sat down. Um, yeah, really traumatised both of them, I think. And you you would also believe that you were in a safe environment in a show like that. And yeah. I think it was the right decision that he had to go. He apologised on the show, but since since the, the show's finished and it's now airing, he hasn't sounded very apologetic on his social media. So whether that was just to stay in the show, we don't know. But um, I think it impacted Jordan in that he no longer necessarily trusted these people or felt safe in this process hence he didn't want to join in with the partner swap experiment I think he just wanted to be able to take a moment peacefully with the one person he trusts which is Erica and unfortunately that was turned against him at the dinner party when Erica started to feel as though she'd missed out and she was compromising too much and going along with what Jordan wants rather than putting her own feelings first which may be the case, but we haven't seen evidence of that before. So that was quite a surprise. Yeah, it was a blind side for, for Jordan. And <clears throat> I did feel a little bit sorry for him. I mean, I think Jordan, I suppose we don't see all the footage. We don't hear all that goes on. But for the main group, Jordan's got too many opinions and he voices them too much and very directly and almost in a humiliating manner at times. Um, that's something he needs to work on. It was interesting to hear about his OCD and how that has such a massive impact on him, which is clearly what made him want to stay away from the, the, the couple swapping. Um, I think he wanted, as you said, that security and safety. I think Erica really was reacting to FOMO. I don't know if she actually felt she'd missed out, but I think she, she felt she'd missed out on missing out, um, as opposed to thinking, well, actually, we did stay together. We've worked on our relationship being a newer couple. And, you know, though that what we what we have was far more beneficial to us to to sort of secure each other and be there for each other. That was more important. But in turning, and obviously she went from zero to a hundred, which I think they both spoke about, that they, that they can become very reactive and volatile in a relationship. And we saw that. I mean, Erica was obviously shouting and the group then 
rallied on Jordan because they couldn't wait. I think they still hold him responsible for um, Jay, Jay leaving. Um, so it's, he took a lot of flack at that, at that dinner party. And I think he wasn't prepared for it. I think had he had been, had they had the conversation before they got there, it would have been a different story, but to just voice it. And of course, alcohol's involved and that can always heighten emotions and reactions. And it just went very sour. And actually from being one of the strongest couples, arguably they're slipping into becoming quite weak um, unless they have those conversations and, and a bit of, Mutual respect that maybe, look, if we've got something to say before we raise it with a group, let's have a private conversation first so we're not blindsided. But we'll have it with the group as well because other people's insight might help. And that probably would have been a far better way to go about it from Erica's point of view. Yeah, I mean, the ideal scenario is that when you're in a relationship, your partner is your safe place. And if you've already been through something, so you've already been through an attack, you are quite often dismissed by the group and you're feeling genuinely pretty shaky. What you don't need is your partner then to turn on you publicly about something that, as you say, could be discussed privately. I know it's a reality show. So, you know, of course she's doing a job, she's airing things in public, but um, I felt really sorry for him. Yeah. Um, Maybe we've just missed it that he's really not, letting her have opinions or feelings of her own. But as a strong personality, I would have thought she would have raised that pretty quickly if that had been a theme within their relationship. So it was quite surprising. We'll see what happens next week. I think um, conversations with the others, like you said, had given her this kind of fear of missing out rather than, um, I don't think it's something that she'd been very upset about for days. I think it kind of kicked in at the dinner party perhaps, but... Who knows? But yes, that was a surprise. And it's a shame because they both needed to be there for each other. I mean, physical aggression is, you know, it's very real and very traumatizing. And just hearing um, Luke hammering on the door was unsettling at home, let alone being behind that door. So it was a shame that they they weren't there for each other, actually, when they really needed to be in front of the group. Yeah. And I think what Jordan needs to do and maybe take himself from himself is his views I think Laura said it, actually. You've had so many views and quite vocal and harsh views about everybody in the group, yet you can't take it yourself. People are almost in that position now where they want to get one back on Jordan because he's, you know, he's dabbled in everybody's relationship. And, you know, I think there's a lesson to be learned that actually stay in your own lane, lane, sorry, focus on your own relationship. Give constructive advice but not damaging advice and I think that's perhaps what Jordan's been guilty of and now that the group are are rallying on him and against him which is which is unfortunate but there's lessons to be learned I think for everybody but Luke leaving was exactly the right decision you cannot behave in that manner there's ways in which to deal with things and everybody's had turbulent times and people's opinions at times like you say that's what reality tv is but I thought it was quite petulant and childish to go knocking and trying to have some sort of schoolyard fight in somebody's in somebody's safe space of their home for the time being. And um, there was no other option but for them to leave. No. Well, I wonder what Jay made of it. I mean, she had kind of discussed it with him a number of times that she felt rounded up upon by the group. When he said, right, we'll go and sort it out, we'll go and see them. She said, yeah, followed him with the same kind of 
confrontational attitude, but I don't think she was expecting at all what was going to unfold next. So that's something that if they do stay together, she's going to have to work out how she navigates that. Because you have to know who your partner is and what they're capable of. You have to know that. You can't bury your head in the sand, can you? No, you need the whole spectrum of a personality. And, you know, Luke's certainly shown all all of his angles. But I don't know why he was getting so upset, because actually, it's exactly what he did say. He said she's a bit of a pushover. And he said, if you could rob a bank, you'd all do it. Um, So he he got hold to account on what he said. He just didn't like what he said and wanted to try and put a twist on it to say it meant something completely different. He didn't. We all watched it. We all saw saw it. So, you know, the best thing he could have done was put his hand up and said, it came out wrong. I didn't mean it to sound like it meant, as opposed to trying to say it never happened. I mean, that's um, that's not a great way to, uh, to, 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 to continue in a relationship, really. No. Okay, so on to a very different couple now, Penny and George. Uh, no, sorry, Peggy. Why am I calling her Penny? <laughs> Peggy and George. Now, for me, this was two stories, a tale of two stories. Um, the commitment ceremony... Peggy was, there was nothing negative that she could, uh, nothing positive that she could find to say about George. It was all negative. She had no energy. It was completely draining to watch. And she said that she would like to leave. So then, and and George is uh, visibly pretty upset about this. Then we go on to um, partner swap week. Um, So they have a couple of days with someone else's partner. And this is really, really enlightening for both Peggy and Adrienne, who George goes to stay with, because not only does Peggy realise that she loves George's huge, funny, warm personality, but Adrienne realises she really likes it as well. (laughs) She likes it much more than the partner that she's with. So I've always felt like George gets a really hard time and... I think that was kind of proof of that because Peggy really missed him and really realized everything that she valued about him. And Adrienne had just a wonderful time with him. She felt very relaxed. She had a new respect for him and it changed her opinion about her own relationship, unfortunately. But, you know, sometimes we need to face facts. And so by the time George came back, Peggy was really happy to see him. And I just hope that that's real because this poor guy, he has got a big fun personality. He is like a big kid, but you can only squash someone down, you know, so much before it's damaging. What do you think? I felt sorry for George, actually. I know that he's a big personality. Perhaps at times he's said inappropriate things, but then hasn't everybody within that group from one time to another. I think the group's perception of George is what Peggy has put out there. I don't think it is people having a natural dislike to George. I think it's more the fact that people like Peggy and are listening to what she's saying. And yeah, there was a reality check for her because she was with Matt, the gentle giant. But let's be honest, there's not got that much going on. I see as far as being able to have a laugh and a joke and the playful side of the relationship is very serious. And um, all he wants to do is train, train, train. That's fine. But he's got to put other people's views into it. But yeah, George is George, George was on fire. You know, he came alive. Somebody sort of took him out of the darkness and allowed his personality to be. And yeah, Adrian, she loved it. And it was effortless. And she wasn't bothered about what he did on his online. She wasn't bothered about his per- what, being too overwhelming with his personality. She loved it. And um, I think Peggy probably got vibes of that and thought, I better step up now. Otherwise, 
George is going to be moving on quite quickly. And, you know, sometimes a break is incredibly important and it perhaps would have done Erica and Jordan good to have a little bit of time away. But um, she's come back realising, actually, everything I thought I didn't like about George, I do. But what you can't do with people, which I think will happen moving forward, Peggy tries to cherry pick the parts of somebody she likes and squash the parts she doesn't. Well, unfortunately, the parts she doesn't like makes him... The, the person he is and the part she does like so unless you can get a head around that I don't see it I don't see it progression I know George is smitten with her um which is dangerous to a degree if one person isn't one the other isn't quite so much because you do end up making more and more compromises to what you are and who you are and eventually we saw when his friend came over for homestay that actually he was saying look you're compromising too much at the minute George you know you're going to disappear and if he's not careful, that's exactly what will happen. So having friends outside of the experiment talking with George, I think he'll he'll change his opinion quite quickly um, unless Peggy does sort of embrace everything about him, not just cherry picks the bits of him that she likes, because um, that's not that's not sustainable moving forward. No. And he was the fact is he is he has got a childlike quality which I actually find really endearing because he was so thrilled when he got back and she was so happy to see him and his little face, you know, you could see he was just, he was very surprised and just full of adoration for her. Obviously it was very different when Matt returned home and Adrienne had had this big character in the, ho the home that she'd found so much fun and he kind of sat down and, you know, I, I just could feel exactly how she was feeling and it's that moment where you just know there's no real connection and you want something from someone that you realize they just can't give you and he's such a lovely guy he's so polite and gentlemanly and they've got shared life experiences but there is she's right from what we see anyway, there isn't that high energy. There's not that sense of fun. Everything is said on, on one. There's just one tone, really. Um, that tone doesn't change. And even at the dinner party, when she was breaking down and telling everyone, we look like we're happy, but we're not. You know, this is all a pretense. He still maintained his very steady tone and kind of dismissed it and said, we're fine. We're fine. You know, everyone just look away. We're fine. And you could see that she was absolutely suffocating with guilt and just the way that it makes you feel when you're with the wrong person. Um, yes. It's really she difficult. She was in the wasn't she? She was literally mm -hmm. saying to him, I'm not happy. And he wasn't listening. It goes back to that thing, waiting to talk or dismissing. And dismissing is a great word that you used, actually, because he was incredibly dismissive of her feelings. He didn't take them into account. He didn't address them. He just looked around and said, no, no, we're really good. Have you not heard what was just said? Have you not seen the emotion? He is perhaps his emotion intelligence is the problem or is his grip on reality or what he feels is a relationship strength and she isn't. But yeah, I know he said, well, you've only just raised this, so I'm going to work on it. But you didn't, we still haven't seen anything. And it'll be interesting to see, hopefully, He's got a lot of plans for the week ahead where he's going to do fun things and take places and show a different side to him. I'm not quite quite sure that um, that that's part of his personality. So if it isn't, then I don't think that will last. I think it'll it will fall away very quickly.
Yeah, I feel that she's over it this week. Now we've seen that that can change. Ros and Thomas, I mean, look how wonderfully they're getting on now. Like just <laughs> yeah. a perfect turnaround. But Adrienne, yeah. I think, I just feel that she's really over it and she's really struggling with this now. And yeah. if she could flee to George's apartment and um, oust Peggy, I, I think she'd spend the rest of the experiment very happily there. Yeah, uh, she'd be there flash. Yeah, so we'll see. But then... We also had another couple in absolute turmoil and, and real turmoil. I mean, you could see that um, Sean was really mentally struggling. And just for a bit of background, obviously, this couple came in and Mark was very much, I'm not sure if I fancy you. I've been hurt before. You really need to prove to me that you'll never hurt me. And, and this was a lot of pressure that was put onto Sean. And, and Sean was very much, I'm going to take all of this you know, onto my strong shoulders and you're going to find me attractive and I'm never going to let you down and we're going, you know, it's going to be great. And then he just crumbled under the whole thing. So I don't think it's a good idea for number one, to go into a relationship saying, I need all of these things from you. I'm terribly, terribly vulnerable and fragile and you've got to live up to my, my high standards of, you know, how I will be treated so that I can, feel anything towards you at all I don't think you're ready to go into a relationship if that's how you're feeling for one and it's also not a good idea to go in thinking I'm going to be such a people pleaser that I'm going to make this person love me because that is just too much pressure yeah I think the pressure that 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 Sean had sorry was was immense as you've said and I think he's battled with that in the problem is it's got in his psyche now so every waking minute he's thinking about I can't hurt him. I can't let this go too far because I don't want to damage him. So what that means is it stops you caring for that person in order to protect them. And then once that's happened, there's no way back. And yeah, I think Mark was really upset about, you know, Sean's decision in the end. But I do think it was the correct one because you could clearly see that Sean was actually struggling mentally um, by the end with it, with him constantly breaking down. And it clearly wasn't a healthy relationship. Um, yeah, looking after somebody, you often find in relationships, you have one person who who tends to want to look after that person and care for them, but there is limits. And also you do need a little bit of that back, not just I need, I need, I need. You've got to sort of say, I need, what do you need? How can, how can I help you as well as you sort of supporting me? And I don't think that really ever happened. No, I think, and you could really see in Sean's eyes, this was real upset yeah. and panic. There was yeah, nothing, panic. there was no kind of, this wasn't for the show. This was real panic. And I feel very sorry for Mark because I really like Mark. But again, I think that entering into a relationship with all of these kind of expectations and rules and, you know, you must reach this bar before I can acknowledge you. No, you need to go away and work on yourself a bit before you think about a relationship. You have to go into a relationship whole so that you can come out whole. Yes. It's just a fact of life. Nothing is necessarily guaranteed to yeah. last for whatever reason. So um, I, I think, think he was ready. Sean tried, yeah, Sean tried to say that at the beginning, didn't he, when they're on the honeymoon, saying, look, I can't guarantee this is always going to work. It was him saying, look, just take a little bit of the pressure off because... I can't sit here now and say in 50 years time, we're going to be together. Yeah. And, and that's 
what what Mark needed, but nobody, and Sean realised that, nobody can promise that or give that. So it's a shame. It was a strong couple last week, which we thought was going to do well, but, you know, that's the, that's what this show does. It uncovers all the cracks and sees whether people can fix it or whether it turns into huge cracks. And on their occasion, it's done. And you've got to respect Sean, because as opposed to doing it in the TV and thinking, I'm going to stay in this process and just get a bit of exposure, He's walked away, and that, that that I do respect. That is not is not in it for a game, is in it to yeah. actually try and. Find it's not happened, so. Yeah, and I think this show really shows us how hard relationships are to maintain, because they they put two people together, usually two reasonably attractive people that find each other quite attractive, can live in harmony for a short time, but we see that even though they don't have any of the outside pressures, you know, they're not in there struggling for money they don't have young children they don't have elderly parents you know it's just the two of them they should be on this kind of wonderful honeymoon like journey we see how difficult it is for people to truly click and connect yeah and i think maybe ella can take something from this because everybody who's had real sexual intimacy early early on if not straight away in the relationship are the ones now seen are really struggling true because it's yeah. not built on on that sort of emotional connection it's been built on the physical connection and you and i both know in relationships when that is the main point that they're going to go for that's often what they've always done and if you do what you always do then you're going to get what you've always got which is unsuccessful in, in most of these people's cases which is why they're on the show in the first place so it'd probably be a good learning lesson for ella to look at that and think actually this is probably a strong way to move our relationship forward yeah, I hope so. So we'll just finish off with Bros and Thomas, who <laughs> were definitely the most playful and happy and charming couple of all. At the yeah, I, when I was watching it, I thought it's a little bit like Bridget Jones and Mark Darcy, those two, aren't they? Mm, you know, yeah. very similar, you know, and, and the opposites do attract and we've seen that. And I think, you know, yeah, on paper, um, perhaps not, completely aligned but actually now that they're opening and talking and they've been through some tough tough times as a couple to find a way in which they can move forward yeah they're, they're on fire I mean cheeky at the dinner party yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. great isn't it it's exactly what she wanted and you know he stood up to the plate and thought yeah I'll get involved in this I'm happy to play along and yeah it was it was very fun to see and why why everything was falling apart at the table yeah, he just had his hand on remote control, didn't he? And I, they were having a great time. <laughs> I know, obviously the way to deal with uh, stressful scenarios. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, they're just, they're so sweet now. And I found them very draining at the beginning. You know, I was just like, oh, when are these, you know, when is this couple going to leave? What are they doing to each other? But now they're just really, their happiness is infectious. They're both glowing. So I really hope, and and um, actually, Thomas has got so much confidence because when he went out with Laura and they went out to dinner in Chelsea, I think, or lunch, he had so much confidence. And that's what a good relationship gives us because we saw his confidence broken down. And now we see, and, you know, in an ideal world, we have a steady level of confidence, whoever is around us. But the truth of the matter is when you're kind of in an early relationship, in the early days of a relationship, it's going to impact you. So we saw him at the beginning really becoming quite broken down. And now we see him standing so tall. He's always got this huge smile on his face. She's glowing. So I would really like them to be one of the success stories now. 
Yeah, and I think they will be. I can't, I, you know, I said this last week though about Mark and Sean. So you know, what do I know? But I do think that they will. They will continue their trajectory of going in one way. Um, there's a mutual respect. There's open conversations, and open conversations not just about the fun stuff, but the difficult stuff. And in having that, it means that they can navigate through the waters of a relationship. Because if you go into any relationship thinking it's going to be smooth sailing all the way, then unfortunately, is when you hit that bump then you can fall very quickly, very hard. Whereas they've had so many things to navigate through that actually now they can just focus on pleasing each other and, you know, working with each other to, to become better. And yeah, I, they're, they're completely, both of them are different characters now, you know, full of confidence, at ease, comfortable with each other and also with the group. Nobody, I don't think anybody could throw a bomb into their relationship and it have any impact because I think they're comfortable and they're solid and they know the weaknesses and they know the strengths. And that's so important, you know, because we've all got weaknesses and we've all got strengths, but they're perhaps starting to see each other's weaknesses as beige flags, not red flags, which is, which is what you want. And that's the way forward. So. Yeah. So I know that there's only a very small percentage of these couples that are still together now, now filming's wrapped. I don't know who they are, but I know it's a very small number. So if you were to guess, let's say three couples that are still together now, now the cameras have gone and real life has kicked in, and we genuinely don't know, but who would you who would you guess that they are? I probably I would say Tasha and Paul are probably still together. Um Roz and I'm just forgotten his Thomas. name all of a sudden. Thomas, Thomas, I think, will still be together. Um and maybe I was going to say George and Adrian, but um, no, maybe maybe yeah, maybe Peggy and George, perhaps no, or yeah, maybe Peggy and George are still are still battling through it. But um, yeah, it's so unpredictable at the minute because we've had such such a bad week across the board. But yeah, it'll be interesting. How about you? Who's your money on? I'd like to say Ros and Thomas. I really hope so. I think, although they've gone, I think Luke and Jay may well be yeah. together. Yeah, sorry, yeah, they seem yeah. quite committed to each other if they worked out who was going to move, because obviously that was an issue. But if they've worked that out, I think they might well still be together. Yeah. And a third couple, I would say, perhaps Peggy and George. But yeah. I do hope George is still being his loud, proud, funny self, if that's the case. I mean, you know, I totally understand you wouldn't necessarily want your husband squatting online in a caveman outfit. However, you know, that's if he says to you, I get it, you, which he did, you know, you're uncomfortable. I won't do it anymore. Bachelor behavior, you know, you can't kind of he wasn't he didn't know that he was going to meet Peggy and what she would expect from him. So. I didn't necessarily find that so harmful and damaging to her. No, and he said that at the honeymoon that he'd stopped doing it. I think you can't judge somebody on a single life antics mm. because actually that single life antics in a relationship, it's different and it's compromised. And if there's nothing else that George has done, he has compromised, compromised, compromised and compromised. So, you know, that shows care and attention and emotional intelligence to listen and think, actually, I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm happy to implement that. But at some time, at some point, sorry, Peggy's got to give a little bit of compromising back to George so that he knows that she's into him as well. Um, and it's not just him chasing chasing her tail because he'll get bored of that after a while, I'm sure. Yeah. 
if I could swap them up just really quickly before we run out of time, I'd have George and Adrienne together. I yeah, think might have, if it didn't work out with Thomas and Roz, I'd have Thomas and Laura because they seem to have quite a nice time together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually, Ella and was it Arthur she was with, they had a fun time together as well. So, yeah, it would be quite oh, fun to, to swap them up if it doesn't work out. But um, anyway, yeah. we have to go now. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing you next week and goodness knows what will have happened by then. And we'll probably be eating our words on several predictions, but um, let's wait and see. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, no, I agree. Look forward to seeing and catching up next week. Okay, have a great week. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye.